Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. You're at home with Kelly and Tiffany. You are. Congratulations. I'm Kelly. And I'm Tiffany. And here we are again on another beautiful Monday morning. I love Mondays, man. That's a particular type of person. Me. I love Mondays, too. That's why I love you. But I know that not everybody listening to this is like, I love Mondays. I just like getting back into the swing of, like, consistency and just the, you know, it's kind of like New Year's Day when you're like, I have so many hopes and dreams and plans and, like, you know, it just feels like a fresh start. It's nice. Yeah. And if you're not sure if you're a Monday person or not, Think about the day that you're listening to this podcast, and if it's a Monday, because it just came out, and you're like, oh, I love to take advantage of all the Monday things, then you're a Monday person. Congratulations. Welcome. If it's another day of the week, that is okay. The most important thing is that you're listening to our podcast. If you can take one thing from listening to this podcast, it's that you're doing the right thing by listening to this podcast. That's it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Next Monday. (laughs) Your favorite day of the week. Okay. I have a quick product recommendation because I know that our ladies are always looking for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have noticed something with my body odor. Uh One of these episodes, I'm going to ask you some questions about the intimate spaces that are happening in your body. But I like, I like, I'm riding this train of you sharing yours. Once again, I have (laughs) more intimate things to share. But as, as we all know and feel deeply sympathetic toward, I broke my foot. It is recovering very well. Everyone who's extremely concerned and has been just wondering episode after episode how I'm healing. Hashtag, we will survive. Yeah, uh, I'm doing I'm doing totally fine. But I had to take a break from the type of exercise that I usually like. And when I am not exercising, fun fact, turns out, I smell worse. The detox situation. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, the sweat so situation. I can't get by just on our apple cider vinegar routine. I have to do a little bit of something extra so I don't offend everybody including myself i am disgusting wow i need to do something about this and so a really great clean product that i love that works emphasis on works Mm. because clearly that is an important part of the recommendation is is a company called pit liquor oh they actually use like alcohol yeah yeah, it's like whiskey vodka and a couple of other ingredients. So you have something that's like killing the bacteria, but then you have a couple of things that are just like deodorizing also. Anyway, it is affordable. It is lovely. It is a perfect backup for somebody who doesn't want to use traditional antiperspirants or just needs like another thing to try because the other stuff that you're using isn't working. I've been on and off this stuff for a couple of years now. Nice. And can very wholeheartedly recommend it and so glad that i had something in my time of stinky need 
a time of stinky need. We should link the episode that we talked about deodorant and antiperspirants and all that stuff below in the show notes. Yeah, we will. Because there's uh, so many reasons to not be on aluminum-based antiperspirants, namely that it's toxic and garbage for your body and has a lot of associated disease complications for it. But we have a lot of solutions that we offered in one particular episode. I think we called it deodorant dilemma. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. It was great. Really catchy. Great information. Educational. I'll put it in show notes. Check, 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 check. Because some people might be like, wait, what? So that's great. Another gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Well, we even talked about detoxing your armpit. Yeah. So why, when some women try to come off of traditional store-bought deodorants, is it a massive dumpster fire? Uh So then they're like, no, that's just not for me. I'm just really too stinky or something. We're like, no, no, no. It's actually not true. We're basically addicted to deodorant. And there's also some detox, like whole pathway situations that are going on there. So uh, an episode for another day that we already did. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing that, though. I always wondered how those like if they actually worked. I'm pretty much on that apple cider vinegar train and feel pretty. I mean, there's some questionable times of the month, surely, but that's great. Not everybody wants to do that. Some people want to spray some vodka on their bodies and that's great. Yeah. And just as an encouragement, you don't actually smell like liquor. (laughs) Can you imagine? No, that would not be good. Just freshen up real quick before you go into a prenatal visit. <laughs> Nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm here. That'd be worrisome. Well, thank you for sharing about the intimate spaces of your body. Oh, yeah. You're so welcome. Back in April, we shared a birth story on Instagram that ended up getting so much commentary and sharing and stuff. That it just reminded me what how important this type of story is. And it relates a little bit to some of what we're talking about today. So I want to share birth story every single Monday. Speaking of loving Mondays, uh-huh. every single Monday on Instagram, we share birth story from our perspective. And it's just become this little signature thing where we get to honor birth from a physiological standpoint and just share real live things that we've witnessed in our work. And it's hard and it's beautiful, but it's just, it's real life from our perspective. Yeah. It's actually one of my favorite things about Mondays. And then when there's been maybe two weeks or something out of the, once we started this rhythm that we haven't posted it for one reason or another, and people are like, wait, wait, we'll get messages like, all right, where's my birth story? That's how I start my day. Where is my birth story? Give it to me. I I deserve this. I'm like, I'm sorry that this free app that you are on isn't providing what you need. But we really do like consistency for people. So we continue. And ourselves. Anyone. I like it. We love Mondays. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the story. I'm going to read it because oh. I was at this birth. And I'll probably cry. Yes. Great. Good. We've established our roles. Here it goes. I punched in the gate code on the side of the dark winding road that led to their home, hoping I got it right the first time. A new text flashed on my screen from Kelly as I parked crooked in the driveway, pushing. 
I hauled my bags up the brick stairs in haste while using my phone flashlight to light my way. I started imagining what joy the night would hold for this fifth baby's birth, but the very first home birth for this family. Inside the front door, I slipped my shoes off in the silence, listening for familiar labor sounds as I hurried toward the bedroom. I inched open the door where I found the bed made, but empty. Heavy breathing finally cracked the stillness and I followed the echo of tiny shushes into the bathroom. Candlelight dimly illuminated four pairs of wide and attentive eyes as they looked upon their laboring mother in awe. I squeezed behind the crowd of kiddos and made silent cheering motions as they looked back at me, settling into the only free corner of the bathroom. Soundless giggles erupted as little hands clapped up in front of their own mouths, taking their jobs to maintain peace seriously. Ripples moved across the bath water as mom shifted her weight in preparation to scale the mountain of the oncoming surge. She let out a loud growl into the reticent room and the small onlookers quickly shoved their fingers into their ears. The attentive eyes shimmered largely and their astonished mouths gaped, taking in the mighty emergence of their brand new sister. One last quiet pause punctuated the fleeting stillness of this crowded scene as mom looked up to her children's faces, proudly introducing them to their baby sibling. Like a floodgate burst open, their cheers, praises, questions, and exclamations filled the space like a symphony. A whole new chapter of this family story was being written right before our own welling eyes. The family changed forever by what they had felt, heard, and seen together on this night. Now permanently gathered, permanently transfixed, permanently knowing what birth could be. Oh, wait, I started <laughs> crying. I don't know how we talk about anything else after that. It's so good. It actually, like, it just reminds me that my own two oldest, like, oldest kids watched my youngest be, you know, like, the last few minutes of my youngest being born. And we have a couple really sweet pictures from our birth photographer of, like, them hugging. And then they're, like, excited eyes. And, like, one of them's pointing like as she's being born, like the clock is in the background and her birth time is like right there. It's just the sweetest thing to be to be able to share with a particular type of kid or family or whatever. And that's, I guess, right for everybody, but it's really impactful and really sweet. Well, and like what a difference it makes in those children's lives for to be a part of this that story in their family. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, our modern culture is like, no, mom goes away, has her baby, comes back, and then we're all supposed to just, like, adjust to this thing. That's one piece of it. But there's a whole another piece where the child knows, I saw my little sister born. And that leaves an imprint on a child, even when it's intense. And even when it's as big as birth can be. There's resolution there in, Mm -hmm. oh, that this produced a baby and I saw that and I see what women are capable of, my mom, what my mom's capable of. I just think it just can completely transform the trajectory of what we expect birth to be for our even own kids. Yeah, absolutely. It just punctuates the fact that like when you do bring birth home or you keep it home, like you bring you bring more than that home. It's not just. It's not just having a baby home. 
right? There's like so much more like legacy stuff that is involved and intertwined in that. And it's really, really sweet. Yeah, there's a blog post on our website, something along the lines of kids at home birth and like things to consider and little pieces of that. And one of the pieces of information that we have in there and that we can link in our show notes too is talking to kids ahead of time, preparing them for birth and postpartum because there's just so much that's going to change, right? But before we jump into visiting guidelines for postpartum, I wanted to share a quick book list of books that you can get young children that help discuss and process in, in a children's book format pregnancy, birth, having a new baby. I just think books can just provide so much helpful processing. And like reading with your kiddo is so sweet. Like, and it's such a bonding experience. They want to hear more. They want the story. So then you mix the two things together and that's a, that's a great combination. Yeah. And so here's a list of books that we recommend to our own client and you guys can, you guys can have them too. The first one is called It's Not the Stork. Pretty helpful. Great name. The second one is It's So Amazing. The third one is Hello Baby. The fourth is How Big is Our Baby? The next one is Waiting for Baby. Then we have My Mother is the Strongest, a home birth story. Then number seven, Welcome with Love. And last, the water birth story. Hmm. And I'll get all of those linked in show notes too. So anybody who wants to check those out can click and look at them on Amazon. Mm -hmm. But And even if you're not planning a home birth, these things are still so important to do. One, involving your kids just in the process of what they w are witnessing unfold in front of them. But also... You may not be planning a home birth, but things can also, like, you may be in a part of labor very quickly that you didn't anticipate being in and your kiddo is there with you, right? And so still preparing them is a connecting thing, but also just a wise logistical thing also. Okay, let's jump into visiting guidelines for postpartum. This information was inspired out of my own visit to a friend a few months ago who had a new baby and I went there as a friend she has a different care provider so I so it was the first time in a really long time that I showed up to somebody who was freshly postpartum as a person not there to come take care and like answer clinical questions or ask ask certain types of questions of them yeah. yeah and she didn't want that from me either I mean there were some things that we talked about that I was like oh you know, if I was your care provider, this is what, you know, how I would respond to that. So why don't you check in with yours? But I was able to have that that lens. And then it allowed me to think about this very familiar space for me clinically and the way that I see great postpartum situations happening with our own clients and their families. And then other pieces that we just get to hear about of like, this is not helpful. Hard pass. Uh, so this information is meant to, well, number one, potentially give you something to share with somebody else who's going to be supporting you postpartum, or if you are someone who will be supporting somebody postpartum, even just as someone who is dropping off a meal 
or checking in with a text message. Hopefully this is like a little bit of uh, etiquette preparation for like do's and don'ts of postpartum time if you actually really want to be a good postpartum helper. Yeah. And it sounds crazy that there are guidelines or, you know, like that we even really need to talk about it. But I think we, again, it's probably part of it is taking birth out of the home originally. But there's so many pieces of postpartum that are vulnerable and tender. And and there's so much processing that's happening hour by hour in that space that how a mom feels one day about inviting somebody in or the type of visit that she's wanting or desiring or offering can be very different the next day also. So trying to take ourselves out of how we want to serve and try to listen to what somebody wants and show up in a way that is helpful, beneficial, supportive in a way that is truly helpful. Yes. And just uh, potentially just like bringing awareness to some of those pieces for you as the mom, recognizing, oh, I should probably communicate that thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you might not agree with everything that we say. It will be the first time that you ever disagree with some of our advice, but there's a first time for everything. Yeah. And we're willing. We're willing for that to be the case. Great. So you're going to visit a brand new family. It doesn't matter how many kids they already have or if it's their first one right there is a discussion that needs to happen about whether or not you will come inside their house yes you are bringing food or bringing something right with you and do you does she want you to drop it off at the front door or would it be okay for you to come in does she want you to come in and that's a really easy text to be like Bring in your food at four. Should I drop off out front? Where should I bring it? You know, just putting it in her court of like what she wants and not saying, I would really love to come in and say hi and hug your baby and just talk to you. But I get it if it's okay. You know, just leaving it open in her court. Yeah, because it depends on your relationship. It depends on that day. It depends on how much sleep she got the night before her own sense of privacy and then you can just let her decide what is best and if you're not sure or it's too awkward to say or to ask defer to not coming inside you can just say just so you know i'm dropping this off because i want you to have as much privacy as possible but i'll be here around this time if you need me for anything i'm happy to come in and help you with something uh-huh. versus her having to play hostess and have you in and, and entertain you while you're there not appropriate yeah we've had a few clients who have just left coolers on their front porch with like a little sign like thank you so much for your food we love you like thank you for loving us in this way we'll talk to you soon kind of thing and so even if somebody wasn't quite sure, it's like a very clear, thanks for the food. We do love you and appreciate you, but just like today is not the day and that's okay. Yeah. And if anybody's coming to help you who expects like this exchange of like, oh yeah, I'll come over and bring you groceries, but it's only because I'm going to, I want to hear the details of the birth and I want to see your baby. You don't, you don't need that exchange. We don't need that person to uh, be a part of the early visiting situation. Yeah, I I would say most moms would appreciate the 
quick drop off, right? The quick leaving of the things. But there are some days or some moms who are just like, gosh, I've been kind of holed up for a while now and I miss you or I miss just having a conversation with somebody else outside of my family and would love for you to come in and talk. So there is there's room for it all, but we do have to just walk the balance and tread sort of lightly there. Okay, we already brought up food, but let's go into some detail about it because you always, always, always bring food to Mm -hmm. a postpartum family. Even if it's a bag of chips, do not show up without something to eat. It is probably the most helpful thing that you can do is bring some food. Yeah, whether that's a fresh meal that you have just made for them specifically or it's a freezer meal that they can just shove in the freezer because they already have a few meals left over or something, but they can grab that easily. I would say one of the most helpful things that people brought in my different postpartum experiences were not necessarily meals, but just like easily grabbable good foods for me. I got a lot of pasta, got a lot of lasagna, got a lot of casserole. But when somebody was like, here's this fruit tray with some kind of veggie, right? I was like, oh man, this is actually really helpful for all of us just to be able to grab something quick and healthy and I don't have to cut fruit or think about that, right? So Yeah, or like even just picking up like some healthier packaged snacks too that can just be like around either to give her older kids because snacks are just king in, you know, older sibling life when you're breastfeeding and you're like, (laughs) here's a snack. Or for her to be eating herself and keep like, you know, a couple granola bars here and a couple trail mixes there. Yeah. Ideally, she has some kind of station next to her bed or like a cart that kind of gets, you know, pushed around for different spots where she's nursing or something and stocking that up, right? Bringing some snacks that are shelf stable and healthy is such a such a gift. But for sure, I don't think she would hesitate if she saw a real life vegetable show up in one of her meals either. Absolutely not. <laughs> like a bag of salad that could go a long yeah. way. 100%. Okay, so we know that we have to figure out if we're coming inside or not. We know that we're bringing food no matter what. But there's some ways to make your visiting or just even your drop-off really thoughtful. And that would be like when you're on your way, and we even do this with our own postpartum clients, because it is almost impossible to run out for really simple items in those first postpartum weeks. And they shouldn't be, even if it's not impossible. Nobody should be leaving the house at least in the first you know, few days. That's ridiculous. So ask, hey, I'm, I'm driving past this store and this store. Can I bring you fresh coffee? Can I stop for something like, you know, bread or more pads or, you know, anything that could potentially be helpful? And I'm telling you, if she says no, no thanks, because 90% of the time they do. No, we're thanks. It's, it's a postpartum uh, conundrum asking for help or accepting help. Get, grab something anyways. Like bring bring her a favorite drink or just something pretty to look at, like some flowers or like a cute mug or like fancy hand cream or like i don't know chapstick yes i mean chat your lips are so everything's so dry when you're breastfeeding i remember you brought me after my my last postpartum you brought me some like dark chocolate and and like an encouraging card and 
magazines. And I don't know the last, I mean, my mom is into magazines, so now she gives me a bunch of them, but I hadn't sat down and read a magazine in forever. And I was like, this is luxurious. <laughs> I'm sitting here eating my dark chocolate. Like it was not something that I would be like, hey, Tiff, can you stop at the store and grab some magazines of dark chocolate? But I was like, dude, that was, it felt so like, I felt so pampered by something that was so simple. I would never have asked for. I'm sure I told you no that I didn't need anything on your way, but I still remember that being such a helpful, just thoughtful thing. That was thoughtful. Good job, Tiff. Yeah, good job, Tiff, from five years ago. <laughs> I like her. She is really great. I will say, so most of the time we text our clients that, like, oh, we're on our way. Sometimes we're just in, we're like, we're just coming. But when somebody says, actually, yes, well, you know what would be so helpful is, we have this drive-up order at Target and like, we just can't figure out how to get there. I'm like, easy. I can do that. Or when some, I remember somebody asked for a coffee from the coffee shop that our office used to be right next to. And I was like, I thank you. Like, I, I'm so happy that you said yes to this offer. So it's, it is a lesson if you are the one who's about to give birth or you are in your postpartum space. People do want to love you. And they, I truly believe they do want to serve you if they know how to. And so we on the other side can just serve in different ways anyway, but also it does bless other people when you tell them how you can love them. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, absolutely. And like everybody brings stuff for the baby. Uh-huh. The baby doesn't care. Nope. The baby's a baby. They don't need another onesie. No. So bring something for the parents, bring something for older siblings, you know, something, something small and silly. It goes such a long way. Yes. And I think so right here. You're there with your magazines and dark chocolate, right? She has said you can come in. I will say, generally speaking, most moms, unless they say this specifically and are like, I just need a shower, so I need somebody to hold the baby. If they say something like that, then that's a specific desire. But most moms, that's not what they need help with. They do not need help holding their baby. It's usually it's usually something else. So the general suggestion and recommendation and command that we will give you is don't ask to hold the baby. So she will offer if she wants to. And if it seems like a genuine offer, absolutely. Be like, I would love to. You don't need to hold your, her baby for an hour, right? But the cuddles, the sweetness see if there's something that she can eat while she has her hands free, that kind of thing. But generally speaking, don't ask to hold the baby. Yeah. And you guys, I know it's like it can be a really sweet gesture and so tender and beautiful and lovely. And everybody loves most people. Most everybody loves to hold a brand new baby and just like ogle at the miracle of it. And that is a beautiful thing. However, that's not usually the best thing for the baby. It might be really helpful for mom and great if she can make use of extra hands. It might be really wonderful for you and your oxytocin levels. And uh -huh. we want that for you, of course. But babies who get passed around a lot often have fussier periods later in the day because they need to be close to their mom. They need to be reassured. They need to have her smell and her all her all the comforting things. They're still in what we call the fourth trimester. So even though they're out of the womb, they still need very womb-like reassurances in order for their nervous systems to stay regulated so even when our clients say hey do you want to hold the baby and i'm like yeah i mean i kind of do because it's so cute and i'm really attached to this mm -hmm. baby i just thought being born i'm like no your baby needs to be with you 
that's what a baby needs. Mm-hmm. So, of course, if you if you end up holding the baby because she is has asked you and that is the way you are serving her, that's the good time to be like, okay, let's make use of this quick time where right you can eat with both of your hands. You can talk to your older kiddos without having a baby in between you and them, take a quick shower, that kind of thing. But generally speaking, you are there to serve. That's right. Mm-hmm little ego check yep. in the postpartum visit. It can be really, really hard. Okay, the next thing I'm going to share is going to be controversial. I am prepared for that. Here's my opinion. Do not ask her about her birth story unless she seems really eager and excited to share that with you. Most moms truly do love sharing their birth stories, especially with their friends or other women. Like, that's just what we do as ladies, right? And that's a good thing. But a lot of moms need time to process that story before they're they're talking about it. And if you don't know exactly how the birth unfolded, it you are not the person who is going to be privy to that processing unless you have a really special kind of relationship. And so if it seems like she's hinting at wanting to process that, you can invite that and encourage that, but do not outright say, so how's the birth? Tell me everything. It just can be a really sensitive topic for some women. Yeah, absolutely. And if she is in a space where, you know, you're like, oh, your baby, how are you guys doing? That kind of thing. And she starts talking about it. One of the things that's very easy when you have been through a situation that you can parallel, right? If you have given birth or... Maybe you haven't given birth, but you've heard your sister did, right? Or you've heard lots of birth stories and something triggers the, oh, I've heard that before. Resist the urge to talk about your own experience. Unless she says, what about you? Or I think that happened for you, right? Or that reminds me of when you told me about your birth, right? Unless she is the one initiating that. Do not talk about your own birth experience. And so... That gets hard. I mean, that's hard in like general life when somebody's saying something. And I'm like, I have a relatable story to that. Let me share that. You may be trying to like kind of sympathize with her or celebrate with her experience or connect somehow about that experience. It's actually rarely the time and place for you to share your own stuff. Yeah, it's just not appropriate. It can be appropriate at another time when it's not so fresh. And when it's not the very first time that she is telling you how it went for her, it's just a good, good relational checkpoint. And it's a good check for your own heart to realize that there's nothing about this visit that is about you. And that is hard because we want everything to be about us, right? And so that's a that can be a really hard one. Again, she may she may say something that opens things up, but generally speaking, even if she does, you keep that pretty short if you're responding to that yes okay so after we've badgered you on what not to say (laughs) don't do it we will leave you with some things that you should say yes and so putting some of these things in her in your own back pocket validate whatever it is that she's saying yes that gosh that is so hard or wow that is so beautiful right just echo the feelings that she is having validating And even saying, like, that is absolutely valid. I hear you can be all the person needs to hear. They don't need to hear you 
try to fix something for her, right? Or or have the perfect answer or start, yeah. Don't start anything that comes out of your mouth with at least. Mm. That would be, we'll go back in the category of things we <laughs> talking about before. Do not try to fix the things with at least. And even if you think, gosh, what she's saying, that doesn't sound like that big of a deal. It sounds like a really big deal to her. Don't negate that. Simply validate whether you agree with the bigness of the feelings or not like she is in a very particular space you, you just validate mm-hmm. yep and, and then you tell her that she is doing a great job even if it appears to be a complete disaster <laughs> especially if it is a complete disaster at some point in your interaction say oh this seems really hard but you are doing a good job mm-hmm just that sentence, put that, write that down, put it in a note in your phone if you can't remember it. This is, yeah, that sounds really hard, but clear, like you're just, you're doing such a great job. I'm so proud of you, despite the potential dumpster fire that may be around. But she needs, she needs encouragement that this is hard, but I could do it. I am doing it. Yes. Another thing that is always safe to say is how beautiful the baby is. Even if the baby's not beautiful. There are some babies that are not that beautiful. It reminds me of, I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld, but there's an episode where Jerry and like the other guy, other whatever friends are meeting their friend's baby for the first time. And Jerry does not know what to say because the baby isn't beautiful. And like, you know, everyone's like, oh, this baby's so cute. And he's like, oh, your baby is breathtaking. <laughs> it's like. So if somebody tells you your baby is breathtaking, take that with a grain of salt. Um, babies but, are beautiful just because they're babies. So and they're, we can just say that they're beautiful. They are absolutely. That's always a safe one. Like, oh, this baby. Because no matter what, how cone-headed or whatever, the mom is like, this is the most beautiful specimen that has ever laid foot in this world. Yeah, I actually remember being kind of concerned, like with my kids, thinking I would never know if they were terrible looking i just it would not be possible like genetically for me to discover that i hope everyone else thinks that the baby's okay looking because i i couldn't i would never know who knows yeah absolutely yes so you tell her she's doing a good job you tell her that her baby is so beautiful you tell her the like right you're just complimenting her such a good mom connected mom she's responding to her Baby's cues, those sorts of things. Very simple, but that's what mom, new moms need. Just a bit of encouragement there. Yeah, and then lastly, you tell her that you're going to check in. Even if things are going great, even if things are completely a disaster and there's nothing you can do to fix anything, you let her know, I'm going to check in on you in a couple days. And then you do whatever you need to to actually remember to do that. Like set a reminder in your phone or whatever postpartum moms would need to be checked on they do and it can be really easy certainly if there is a request from her for resources like a lactation consultant like do you know some a very specific request it can be very hard to not want to you may be very knowledgeable it can be very hard to not share every little piece of information right in that moment and what this experience is is just connection encouragement validation answering her questions certainly if she asks you pointedly but it's not the time to say here are these five people that i think you should call right now right or like 
this happened to me. And so here's the, here was my answer. And this is what's going to cure everything going on here. Right. Yep. Uh -huh. What an excellent, excellent thing. So I just think the, the biggest overarching point that we're trying to make is communicate. And if she's not, if the mom's not initiating that communication, then do a little bit of that yourself. And do not be surprised if you feel like you're over communicating and you're like, well, now I kind of feel like a dumb dumb because I asked so many questions and tried to keep everything in this, you know, little container. I don't know if that really mattered or not. It doesn't matter if it mattered or not because you didn't do some of the things that make a postpartum visitor the actual worst. Yes. And so congratulations, pat on the back for doing so. We are we are proud of you and you're such a good friend. And we'll check in on you in a couple days. <laughs> you really good postpartum visitor. You are. I'm so proud of you. If you are somebody who is postpartum or planning or, you know, you're pregnant and you're going to be postpartum or one day will be postpartum or love someone who is postpartum and want to encourage them, we have in our show notes yet another uh, freebie for you. It is a postpartum planning kind of worksheet information stuff in there for you so that you can ask some questions of yourself before you're in the situation and plan accordingly so that you can feel empowered and prepared for some of the things that uh, may pop up. And that is what it is all about, ladies and ladies. Preparation, empowerment, telling people that they're Babies are beautiful. Mm -hmm. you, have, you, ha you have what it takes. I trust that. That is the truth. All right, you guys, enjoy. We will be back at you next Monday with another episode. Bye.